My name is Aaron McManus, and you are listening to the Batter Ready Podcast. I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. Now, it's- every time we do the show, I'm always your dad. So do we need to always say I'm your dad? I just want the I just want the all the single ladies to know this is what I'm gonna look like. Oh, Aaron. It's a time machine. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Like if you're watching the YouTube, you can blink, you can close your left eyes. That's what I'm gonna look like. You just close left, right, left, right. All nope. right. This this uh, Val already has already digressed. It already is digressed. <laughs> it already has digressed. All right. You wanna start over? <laughs> Let's just Thank go. you, Brooke. Let's just go. Thank you for loving me for me, Brooke. <laughs> well, Brooke, that puts you in a unique category of one. <laughs> okay, there might be two or three. <laughs> You're not getting anything for Christmas this year. All right, let's go. I am the best gift giver in our family, and you're not getting anything for Christmas this year. I'm gi- nothing. <laughs> Cole. Coal in coal. the stocking. Coal. But coal is worth too much because it's a... <laughs> you're not getting oil. You're not getting something that turns into diamonds. Well... I'm going to get you grass. I'm cutting off your allowance. You're going to get a great gift this year. <laughs> but at 33, that allowance should have been cut off anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. You're, 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 uh, you're, you're going personal now. Okay, so here, let's, let's talk about this. I was watching something over the weekend... Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle released a new special. Here's the thing. If you're going to judge us for watching it, you should stop listening to this podcast. But maybe the, maybe here's a reason why you shouldn't stop listening to this podcast. Because we like you and we're really grateful that you listen. <laughs> I, I, I don't commit to that. I don't know if I like you. Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. All right. But here's the thing. We watched this special and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some things you could, there's some interesting things we can talk about. Sure. In the special. Yeah. One of them being, well, can I give this away? Can I a paraphrase the ending? Yeah. So. So the wait a minute. This is a, um, what do you call it when you're giving away the end of the movie? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But it's okay. not, I mean, is there spoiler alerts in comedy? Yes. It's telling you the yes, joke. Yes. If so you, you tell the punchline before but the, the joke this is, is the, really messes but things up. This is up. the brilliance about Dave Chappelle. Yeah. There is no punchline. It's this incredible concept of like conversation. He's breaking down stories, interactions, moments in his life, mm-hmm. but there really isn't like a punchline. It's just well, there's, his life. You could say there's a thousand punchlines. I, I think it's his life with, yeah. in his narrative. And it's almost yeah. more than that. This episode is, or this special is more of like a socio- Commentary. Yes, social commentary. And one, I, I think it's exactly what we should be watching uh, if we're going to do battle ready. We need to be aware of what's going on in culture. We need to be listening to the voices that are influencing conversations. And well, we to, do, but... Yeah, to not pay attention to what Dave Chappelle is saying is to really, to me, forfeit any credibility to be able to talk about culture. Uh, yeah. He is one of the most influential voices in modern culture today. But you would have never let me listen to him as a child. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so it's interesting because he goes yeah. pretty hard. You're an adult now, though, so I know you can filter through, you know, what you need to keep and what you need to and 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 it's not really what I've watched it four times. 
it's not even what he says. It just <clears throat> it just may be how he says it along the way. And but it, this, he's really provocative. I do think he's a genius. He is a genius. And I think that his insights, um, whether you agree with him or disagree, have to be processed and considered. And yeah, you, you know, and it, it, it's definitely rated R plus, you, you know. It's definitely rated like the end of the alphabet. Yeah, because uh, just, just you know, his, his use of profanity and the language around that, and a lot of people would be really offended by that. And um, the subject matter is intense. Yeah. It's not, it's not for everyone. Yes. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. Yeah. We obviously understand that. And so we want to break down a few concepts that he talks about in this, 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 this special. Mm -hmm. The construct of this special, I like guess the foundation, he lays it down pretty early mm -hmm. that this special is kind of his response, his rebuttal to him, the gay community trying to cancel him, the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. trying to cancel him post his last two specials with Netflix that were probably even more provocative. Mm. So this special is mostly just a response. And a lot of stories happen. There's some funny stuff. There's some not so funny stuff. There's some really crass stuff. But the last 10 minutes are really what I want to talk about. Because mm -hmm. he introduces a character in his life, someone that he had met and had an interaction with that was a transsexual. And Was it Daniela? It was Daphne. 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 I think it was Daphne. Daphne. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Daphne. And, yeah. you know, you watch Dave Chappelle to laugh. You watch Dave Chappelle because he's provocative. You watch Dave Chappelle because he's the goat. Or maybe you want to feel offended and kind of watch and understand so you can tweet at him or, or whatever it is that you watch Dave Chappelle for. But I was watching because I wanted to laugh. Mm -hmm. It was a long day. It was Friday night. I was by myself. I was watching it. And when I got to the end, I think it was minute 58, he introduces a character called Daphne and uh, a, a man who was transitioning into a woman. He had transitioned to a woman. And he somehow strikes up a relationship with this person and he invites Daphne to open up a comedy show in San Francisco for him. Right. I think, I think they had like a bad run in and then they ended up becoming friends. And so he goes, you know what? I'll like invite you to open up my show. She opens up the show. She bombs for 45 minutes. And like- him, yeah, He said she was terrible. She said she was terrible. And him making fun of her bombing was funnier than probably she was. Mm -hmm. But he goes, you know, I liked her. But but I think it's it, I, I think he was trying to also create a um, an underlying narrative saying you think I'm against the LGBTQ community you think you're I'm against the trans community but I actually had a very close friend who's trans and a person I gave an opportunity to have a career but but I do also know this that the moment you say uh, oh but I have a friend you get attacked by saying oh he's using the gay friend excuse or the right. gray, gay friend clause. And so that's actually not really well received. Right. You, you know, because I know this is true even historically. So instead of yeah. saying he has a gay friend or right. a trans friend, right. he gives an example of a moment. Right. And the whole special is like he gets in a fight with a lesbian at a bar. Mm -hmm. He gets in a fight with this person. Like he's talking about all of his awkward moments mm -hmm. since putting out Netflix specials where he's getting canceled. And at one point, he, he does say, he says, like, they try to cancel me on Twitter, but Twitter isn't, Twitter doesn't exist. Like, Twitter is a place that doesn't exist. Right. So I don't really care. And I, it, that helped because I think so many times we care about what's going on. And on I social felt the same experience. Us. It was like a healing moment. I mean, like, Twitter was adding to the misery of my life. Yes. And constantly being attacked, constantly being swarmed by people who looked for something I was doing wrong. And the moment you and Mariah came to the house and took my phone away and deleted Twitter, instantly my life got better. 
instantly. It's and crazy. I realized all the stress and anxiety I was carrying every single day because I was trying to find a way to, to bring peace and, and to people on Twitter. Yeah. And it was endless. And in fact, somebody really influential globally sent me a private text and said, the reason you're getting attacked is because you actually care. If you stop caring about these what other people think of yeah, you. Yeah, what, what these people are saying, it won't matter anymore. You won't be a target, but you're a target because you care so deeply. Okay, so yeah. back to back Daphne to Chappelle. and Chappelle. So essentially, she bombs for five minutes. She He has this incredible bit about how like a good comedian, if they bomb, they leave the venue immediately mm -hmm. just to like save it, save face for themselves. Right. And, you know, he's like, if I had ever bombed as bad as she did, you'd never hear from me ever again. <laughs> but he goes, but she didn't do that. She sits in the front of, like right in the front of my set. For his set, yeah. And and we she starts like shouting back at some of the stuff when I'm talking, when he's talking about And trans. she's funnier as a heckler. As a heckler. Than, than she was as a stand-up yes. comic. <laughs> and then someone heckles her. <laughs> right. And he goes, and he explains it. He goes, it was like a really like hurtful thing yeah. that he says to, to Daphne in the front row. And he's like, instead of defending her, just kind of like let her, defend herself and see what she would say and he said i'm not gonna say what she said right, but her instantaneous spontaneous response was hilarious was hilarious and so she and he said i realized rather than she was funny that she actually was funny whatever she was she, actually funny yeah. whatever she did on stage wasn't funny but her natural instincts were funny so he so then he, he basically talks about he like brings her back afterwards yeah. she's hanging out with everybody she's more funny in the stories afterwards yeah. telling about her normal life and all the yeah. funny things that happen than she is as a comedian. Yeah. So he goes, hey, look, whenever I'm in San Francisco, why don't you just keep opening for me? Mm -hmm. And I guess- And I'll help you get better. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'll help you work this thing out yeah. and figure out how to tell your story. And so something else happens. Basically, the specials come out with Netflix, the older ones. Mm -hmm. He gets dragged through the media and through Twitter for you know for LGBTQ stuff. And then she goes on Twitter, starts defending him. Right. And he basically interweaves this story of how she goes out on a limb and protects him right, on but Twitter. It, but right before that, she was really angry with him at one point or they were arguing. No, and, no, it's not. It's, oh, wait. Yeah, when she says to him. Oh, wait, I got I skipped the part. Yeah. Yeah. So so she's backstage. Or no, she's still in the room with everybody. Right. And she says something really profound. It's like an after party, right? I think so, yeah. And there are people there. And they're bantering. And he goes, you know what? I don't understand a thing you say, said about trans. I said, I don't think I understand you. Yeah, and so she got... A, a little bit irritated with him. Right. And then she said something that will resonate in my soul for as long as I walk this earth. And I, I screenshotted it. And he says this. Um, Daphne says this. Daphne says this. Or no, well, Chappelle says this, but about okay, what okay. Daphne's saying. So that's, yeah. Like, yeah, getting super meta. Um, he was making fun of pronouns and basically saying, I don't understand anything you're saying because it doesn't make sense. And she says, uh, can you just stop and and believe that I'm having a human experience? And I don't know if I'm setting this up well, but if you go back to, if you go to the 58th minute and watch it for 10 minutes, you will see him unwrap the story of a, a woman who was a man who was begging for Chappelle, pleading for Chappelle to understand that if you can't understand it or you don't agree with it, or if you have no way to wrap your mind around it, whether you use religion or whether you use logic or whatever it may be that you're using right. to hold against this community or this person, she's going, I'm a human and I'm going through it. 
I'm going through a human experience. And I, it, it took two days for it to really settle in because mm-hmm. I don't think it was until I was walking Raya's dog the next day. Yeah. And I was sending voice memos back and forth with my friend about the importance. I was like, this is such an important special. Yeah. Because he goes, you know what? I don't like, he pretty much says, I don't like the gay community as a community, as mm-hmm. like an organization, but I actually love humans as humans. Mm-hmm. And the, the ending of that basically talks about how she kills herself not yeah. long after their interaction. I think, what, six days after she was bullied on horrifically on Twitter by the LGBTQ or defending or trans community. Yeah. And uh, she, had, she took her life. Yeah. And I thought, you have this um, painfully tragic and extraordinary juxtaposition where if you're a person who is inherently like anti the LGBTQ community and and have nothing but negative emotions and feelings or thoughts about the trans community, you need to let that statement sink in. Can you at least accept I'm having a human experience? And sometimes it feels like when a person is outside of our parameters of belief or what's acceptable, we deny that they're having a human experience. And I just think it's really important, even in this moment, to say, um, I can accept that you are having a human experience. And I want to acknowledge that and feel that deeply and feel that with you. And, and Who are you talking to? To the trans community, yeah. to the gay community, to the LGBTQ community, anyone who um, feels as if they're outside or unseen or unloved or unaccepted yeah. and um, who moves outside of the normative expressions of human experience, that yeah. you are having a human experience. And we, uh, and to, and I say, and I, want you to know that um, I don't have to understand or experience or know your experience to acknowledge and respect that you're having a human experience. See, we've, we have not talked about this for a long time Yeah, because it's something that's really actually been really painful for us in our life because we, because we are not at the level of Dave Chappelle, but in our world, you're pretty well known, mm-hmm. you know, like Brooke is in our booth, but she's written some of the bigger worship songs in the last few years and has been sung in arenas and in churches mm-hmm. all over the world. And, and like we, we, you know, we, mm-hmm. we have a pretty cool team yeah, um, that influences a lot of culture, mm-hmm. but you know, with that influence, uh, there's been a lot of criticism yeah, and we've had really, um, Amazing people who, of all sexualities, mm-hmm. come through Mosaic and sit and listen and under your teaching. And participate and what do you serve. Mean participate? Like be involved at Mosaic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's always been a thing, whether it's like, you know, it's complicated. It's mm-hmm. really complicated. And, and so there was a website that came out a, a while ago that was like, are you affirming or unaffirming of gay people? Mm-hmm. And they tried to create like this pressure that you had to like sign up for this website to establish whether you're affirming or unaffirming. And I'm like, that's like me having to sign up and say like, I'm human or not human. Like, and you always were like, I used to tell you, you're one of the smartest people in the world. You can break this down mm-hmm. in a way that both Christians and the gay community and gay people and just humans can, can and gay Christians, and gay, yeah. all these yeah. people. And cause even saying a gay Christian is like, if you said that somewhere, else that'd yeah. be really hard for people to accept right but that to me is like saying you're 
but it, it, it's absurd to have to say that because anyone who actually is a Christian has something that defines them outside of that that's on the entire spectrum of of where they are and where they need to go you know and so it's like the idea of saying a person is gay and a christian and that's that's a problem going how is that a problem because jesus came for human beings he didn't come for us whether we're gay or straight he didn't come to us whether we're rich or poor he didn't come where we're educated or uneducated he didn't come the only people who are disqualified in the language of jesus are perfect people yeah if you're perfect you don't need jesus because he didn't need to die for you but if you're imperfect, you don't then, you, then you qualify. And since perfect people do not exist, I think right. all of us are qualified. Yeah. And But the challenge, though, is when we want to have our identity. Like, um, I don't think you should be like a person goes, I'm a Republican Christian or I'm a, I'm a Democrat Christian or whatever. Like, to me, like, you're a follower of Jesus and it's not supposed to be uh, supplemental to something else. Yeah. You're just supposed to be a human who has placed your life in the hands of Jesus and trusted him and given your life to him. Then that's that's the that's the whole of it. And whatever your journey is, that's that's a part of your journey, but it it isn't a qualifier for faith. The thing I find so interesting about this moment in Chappelle's special talking about I'm having a human experience mm -hmm. is because to be honest, I don't agree with a lot of it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh with 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 a lot of it and, and from a from a biblical standpoint but on a human standpoint i go i've never not been friends with someone because they're gay or they're trans or they're a drug addict or they're a drug dealer or they're a, or you know like honestly i've met some drug dealers who are like nicer than pastors so mm -hmm. like why <laughs> why would i get rid of my the friend that drug deals drugs to go mm -hmm. hang out with someone i don't want to hang out with because they're famous on instagram and they preach places like and i'm not trying to hate on both but every Everyone is having a human experience. Yeah. And I think there's been a lot of that this last year where people were getting me, you know, coming out, people were getting me too, or people were coming out and getting canceled because they had affairs or they they made mistakes. Cause when when Daphne told Chappelle this and Chappelle tells us this, it struck home with me. Mm -hmm. Because it was no longer about trans. Mm -hmm. It was no longer about being gay. It was no longer about it was like just genuinely about human humans going, yeah. I We talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be a pastor because I've had human experiences that the Christian world can't accept because I was supposed to be perfect. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be your son. I'm supposed yeah. to be a pastor. I'm supposed to be all these things. And I've made mistakes. And 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 it is really hard for me to live in the shame mm -hmm. and the guilt. And it's even harder when we have a culture that digs up things mm -hmm. and goes, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're good now. Because 10 years ago, you said this or you did this and now we're going to air it out because people love to click on it to sell ads mm -hmm. to then ultimately ruin your life. And we live in a culture and a society now that that you don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. it ha you have to have a perfect track record, <laughs> right? And just like I was never going to have a 4.0 in school, I'm never going to have a perfect past. Like, mm -hmm. I can't do anything about that past. There is mm -hmm. nothing I can do. I can only change who I am in the moment now, mm -hmm. in my future. But there's so much mess. And so when she said, I'm having a human experience, it, 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 made, me, it made me cry harder than a pastor has in two years, to be really honest. Because 
which is because you work around a church or your parents are pastors or whatever, you can become desensitized to anything mm -hmm. when you're around it so much. Mm -hmm. I felt like the last 18 months during COVID, we worked so hard at doing this that I stopped, I didn't stop loving it because I loved it. I stopped paying attention to it mm -hmm. because it, it started, it just like went on mute, you know? Mm -hmm. And And it became this thing where we're going like, I, there's a lot of, for me, I see a lot of similarities between the gay community and the Christian community. Mm -hmm. They both hate their own and pretend like they're protecting their own because they, they and they eat their own. They destroy themselves because, and they destroy, destroy each other. And, and it became, become a really toxic, volatile place. And, and oftentimes I'm like, I don't know how to exist. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm in like in the church world. Like, I don't know how to exist. And I, and I think that what she said was so transcendent. Like, it doesn't matter what space you're in. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you're having a human experience, you, like you have to know that you're valued and that your life matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the challenges is that in our present culture, if you do not agree 100% with someone, you're their enemy or you're against them. Right. And, um, and, and the reality is that there's no real world where that's true. You, you, because then you're just forcing people into conformity. And I think the, the point that Dave was making from the other end, right? Because, is it Daphne? Daphne. Was when she said, can you accept the fact that I'm having a human experience? My answer is yes, 100%. Yes. And, but then what he actually drove to him, and no one's going to, he's not going to get canceled for that. Because basically that's an indictment on the cultural right saying, hey, can all of you on the cultural right please accept that people who are unacceptable to you are having a human experience. Right. But then when he gets to the end of the story and she's bullied by the LGBTQ community ruthlessly. For defending Dave. For defending Dave Twitter, and then yeah. kills herself. And he, and he says, would you please stop punching down on my people? And he says, she wasn't your people, she's my people. And the way you know whose people she is is who's who who has her back. Yeah. And and I think and that's the controversial part for Dave is Dave, I think for Dave Chappelle is when he basically uh ruthlessly brings to light the hypocrisy on every end and and not allowing any of it to to crawl in the dark. And yeah. and I think you are right. In the Christian world, there's more like Eat, eating its doggy dog kind of destroying your own kind of world and and that's that's not healthy and it's it's it, not like doggy dog it's it, oh yeah it's doggy dog it's cannibalistic yeah. behavior where yeah. we destroy we destroy with the irony is that we yeah we can go into that forever but i, I want to go back to this thing because we've had bad moments with the gay community meaning that like because it's this ethereal thing, right? Like, but not all the gay communities. See, that's the thing: is that just because one person well, speaks that against you doesn't mean that they're all that everyone's speaking against you. There's a lot of people who've always been so affirming and positive about Mosaic from the gay community, and then there are no, some people. No, 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 no. They haven't been affirming and positive outwardly and publicly, inwardly and privately, and probably maybe to their friends and their families. Yes, mm -hmm. but it is a it is a trickier thing because we've had really, 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 really like insanely. We never talk about celebrity and mosaic because it just isn't our play. We, like you come here to, you should be able to go work out in privacy. You should be able to go to church mm -hmm. and be private. We've had some of the most famous gay figures in culture come to mosaic for long periods of time. 
but because the community goes at them mm -hmm. to disassociate with us because we won't fill out an affirming or unaffirming thing online or make comments about mm -hmm. it or whether we will marry or what people in the mm -hmm. church or all these things, um, they disassociate, mm -hmm. right? And I, and I, I find it bizarre because I'm like, man, we were there when you were, we were there when your family wasn't there for you, you know? Yeah. Not that we're better than your community, but we were your community. And then I see them later and I'm like, you're alone because that other community isn't actually there for you. It's, it's, is it, and I, it felt like a parallel to some experiences we've had and the experience that Dave Chappelle saw Daphne go through. Mm -hmm. Where I'm going, I, who at the end of the day really cares about you and, and, and can you be who you, can you actually think with your friends? Can you think openly and yeah. believe in something different? I'm going to give you a perfect example. During COVID, um, Kim, your mom, my yeah. wife, uh, she started working with a shelter here for abandoned youth okay. who are um, struggling with homelessness. Locally, right? In Locally, Hollywood. right here in Hollywood. And we gave an immense amount of money through Mosaic to that shelter. And that shelter is really only for uh, trans, lesbian, and gay uh, teenagers who are homeless. And they were going to take our money. And then they found out it was from a church called Mosaic. And some of the, I guess, people there said, hey, that's a church, you know, and, and that's Mosaic. And so they called Kim up and they were not going to take the money. Yeah. And Kim said, can I ask you a question? Will all those teenagers, when they have food and have a place to sleep, will they care that a church provided the food and the, and the housing? Because the money wasn't gay. Yeah, I say, because our money isn't gay or straight. No, I'm not trying to yeah. uh, mute you out in there. I'm being serious. Yeah. Because it didn't come from an affirming place that said right. lifestyle was okay. Yeah, and and right? they, yeah, and when Kim said, will they care whether it comes from a church or not? When yeah. And they said no. And I said, then how can you possibly refuse our money? And I thought, how insane are we right now? Where, all right, do you want someone to... to line up with what you want them to say or do you want someone to show up with real hard cash and go we love these kids we don't need our name on anything you don't even need to tell them that we gave the money and uh this is the first time i ever even mentioned this publicly and but we actually care about what these kids are going through because they're having a human experience and we care about humanity. Yeah. And we, we've got to get past the point where we want to find ways to keep, you know, creating villains of each other and just go, man, I just want to know who's going to show up for me. Like, you know, I just yeah. want to, I want to know, um, you know, who, who's going to actually love me when, when no one has value for me because I can't do something for them. And, but, but I think Dave Chappelle asked like a bigger question, right? To me is, um, is it still, is it okay to A, be funny about cultural issues, to, to, because I think Dave Chappelle, his primary goal isn't to be funny. His primary goal is to, to speak truth. And to ask big questions. And to ask big questions. Do we really want a world where Dave Chappelle's can't exist? I mean, do we really want a world where Dave Chappelle's are canceled, where you cannot listen to him and engage him on Netflix. See, I want a world where Dave Chappelle's have a platform. Yeah. And uh, because I, I think the moment you cut off whichever side of the conversation you don't like, 
You are setting the standard for one day you will not have a voice. You will be silenced. And man, when the right has power and they try to silence the left, it's the dumbest thing and the most unwise thing to do. And now that the left has power and they're trying to silence quote everybody in the right, it's the most unwise thing you can ever do. It's interesting because like the Comey rules, we talked about that I think yeah. a little bit on the last episode. The most brilliant thing, I mean, I actually, I really liked President Obama, not mm -hmm. so much as a president, but as a, as a person. Mm -hmm. I think he was an incredible political figure. And I think like a family man, mm -hmm. um, obviously had handled some hard stuff. So there was stuff there, right? Stuff I didn't like, but I thought one of the brilliant things he did was hiring James Comey, a Republican, as the director of the FBI. Yeah. Because one, he did something like he could have easily found someone who aligned more with his party's belief yeah. system, right? Or ethics. But he hired someone who who was highly ethical. Mm -hmm. So much so he went in just destroyed the president of his own not destroyed, but poked enough holes in the president of his own party's life and behavior that we now have this documentary kind of sh like shedding a light into on Donald Trump on yeah. Donald Trump yeah right in, into the into the background and whether whatever you are politically when you leave space for someone else to speak a, a truth that's different than yours like mm -hmm. an understanding that's different than yours a perspective that's different yeah. than yours you actually i think leave space for goodness to happen mm -hmm. right yeah because i think if Whenever there's a mon monopoly on 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 the on a voice on a public voice, mm -hmm. we end up getting to a really dangerous place, right? Mm -hmm. And we, people throw around these terms of like socialism and communism, and us like going to a place that is really dangerous. But I think when we destroy each other's voice, we actually go to one of the most dangerous places that we can. Mm -hmm. We stop listening to each other, and we start disregarding the humanity and the person sitting across from you. Yeah, right. And I think that is this when you listen to the special when you maybe you don't have a moment that like I did or that you did mm -hmm. where this is deeply emotional, but I think if anything, it helps us understand that there are people that are different than us mm -hmm. and we have to understand that it's okay to love them. And then even not that it's okay to love them, you should love them and find the humanity in them. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, and you should trust in your own beliefs and convictions and perspectives enough to not need to silence people who disagree with you. Right. Because in the in the arena of ideas, um, the best thinking emerges. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing is like that's so odd to me because you know, here I am, I'm the pastor of Mosaic, right? You know, I'm I mean, obviously I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, I believe in the scriptures. My life is built on the the truth uh, of the scriptures. And um and yet I, I would I fight for the right for everyone to have a voice. I I would never want to silence atheists or agnostics. I don't want to silence Muslims or Buddhists. I, you know, I I, right. I want everyone to have a voice. Yeah, but it isn't enough, right? Because if you don't platform them on your platform, then you're not actually doing what yeah, they I see, need and, you to do. And the funny thing is, I don't even give my platform here to mainstream Christians because I don't think they communicate things in the way that makes sense to me yeah that actually it feels valid to me so um yeah i think it's not my job to give you a platform it's your job to have good enough ideas that you gain your own platform right yeah it's just it, you know it's just like it's not my job to make your dreams come true right you know and yeah. uh, uh but i want to create a world in which you can have an opportunity every opportunity to have your dreams come true and it, you know it's um 
And I think one of the hardest things in the world is when you genuinely disagree with someone and you think that they're they're making wrong choices or have a wrong perspective on life, but they don't feel like you love them unless you agree with them. And and I think that um, one of the things that the Dave Chappelle show actually does is like it raises the question of are we even allowed to speak our minds or 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 are you are we creating a society where everyone has to conform and uh, or we're um because we live in fear of being canceled and being um erased from the conversation because we don't agree and so i'm i'm for dave chappelle yeah i um I would uh, lo- dave would you have dave chappelle speak at mosaic no, but I would have him on Battle Ready or The Genius of. You wouldn't have him speak of Mosaic? No, because his language is rated X. What if, what if, what if Chappelle? <laughs> well, no, I have to realize, look, on Sunday morning, we have we have kids in the room. Um, we have adults we who still think like kids in the room. Are you looking at me? <laughs> no, no. We have, we have people we do. We, you, who wouldn't even be able to hear what he's saying because of how he's saying it. We do. You, you had, we won't talk about it. You had the best reprimand on Sunday to one of the campuses that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> one of the campuses, you described one campus as like, hey, we know that that campus is. Well, here I'll be straight up. I said, we all understand Hollywood is our is our adolescent campus. No, you said our kids' campus. Our kids' campus. Where everyone's like under the age of 25. It's a, it's our adolescence. So, you know, if they're late, we kind of expect them to be, even though we don't want them to be. You know, if they don't have jobs, we 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 know most of them are a lot of them are unemployed. Yeah, there's just a lot of things we expect about our Hollywood campus. Yeah, but I wasn't at the Rialto Theater in South Pass, and I said, "But you're you're our adult campus," and they all like laughed at Hollywood and it, it absorbed the praise. And I said, "And yet you're all late," and and so why don't you, you start acting like a grown up, and you know show up on time or early? And, and they were all like standing too, still. Like, like post-worship. Yeah, you didn't pre- let them sit down. <laughs> it was post-worship pre-message. And it was phenomenal. And they felt it too because they're business people. And so like they have a high respect for time. And you were like, we can't wait for you because you're. I'm here, I'm live, and I'm ready to go. Like you have to be here if you want this. And I do think it is, it, there's a huge paradigm shift, I think, in the world that needs to change. <laughs> like this woman, you know, if she listens, if you listen, you did it. I'm not mad at you, I'm not saying your name, but this woman, I am not the person that should talk to guests all the time, right? We know mm-hmm. this, it's not me, it shouldn't be me. That's why there are people who are on a welcome team who talk to guests, like Matt Pagan, who's like sweet and kind and can be strong, but everyone who meets him loves him. Everyone who meets me wonders if they should like me or not. <laughs> but I happen to be one of the lobbies Mosaic has started and this woman knocks on the door and we have like a hard rule right now. We're like at, at 10, it was 10.30 at the time. Service started at 10, at 10.30, we close doors. We mm-hmm. advertise that we close doors at 10.10, but we're kind of lenient. We'll let people in to 10.30. And this woman comes knocking on the door. We lock the lobbies, like no one's coming in. She looked nice and like, she, and she was elegant. She was older, she was obviously business. And she, I go and open the door. I was like, hey, you know we close doors at, at 10.30. You're super late. But like, come in. And she says, can I give you some advice? I said, please. (laughs) And she says, you guys need to do this, 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 and this better. And I said. Well, she also said you need to provide free parking. Free parking, which this campus, I said, we do. We used to. 
Well, no, we oh, still do. We provide free parking. If you show up on time. If you show up 30 minutes early, 30 to 15 minutes early. Which is on time. Yeah. And even my guests, I get, I say, hey, I saved you a parking spot. But at, at literally at nine, at, what is it now? Because it's 11. So mm-hmm. at 30 minutes before, that parking spot will be gone. If you don't get here early, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, don't feel any bl- I don't feel any blame. Yeah. Um, and, and she's, all these things that we need, I did wrong that we need to do better. And then I looked at her and said, hey, can I give you some advice? <laughs> and I said, I said, is this your first time? And she goes, no. Because first time, yeah, you kind of get like sure. an excuse forever. And she goes, no, I've, I come here, came here before the pandemic. And I said, okay, let me just, can I give you some advice? She goes, okay. I said, show up to church early. You look professional. You look like someone who's successful. You didn't get to where you are by showing up late, right? It's like, we expect life change and we show up late, right? Mm-hmm. And she looked at me. She looked at me like she's never coming back, but. So she loves giving advice, but not receiving advice. Yes. <laughs> and I, and she, she gave me this whole thing. Like I was here 30 minutes. I said, hey, look, I was like, I have friends who don't park in the parking lot because they care about people like you who show up late and they want you to be able to park easy. So they park on the street and they walk here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I know if you would just park on the street, you still would have found a spot somewhere. It would have been hard, but you would have been able to get here on time if you were here 30 minutes early. Also, if you're here 30 minutes early, that parking lot would have been empty. So you would have been fine. <laughs> but what is it about us that like we take these things for we take these things for granted? Well, I mean, I, I think first of all, just when you're talking about that conversation, I think we live in a culture where we feel it's our right to give everyone our opinion, mm-hmm. but we do not feel like it's anyone's right to give us their opinion. Mm-hmm. And we gotta we gotta change that. We gotta get a little tougher skin and softer hearts. Yeah. And uh and one of the things I really have wanted at Mosaic is I I I just speak hard truth into our yeah. into this world and and but but I think it I try to take on Jesus approach you you speak tenderly to the person without God right and you speak tough to the person with God for sure you, you know and you know you you speak really tough to the person who's religious right and self-righteous and you speak really tenderly and compassionately to the person who's broken and sinful and you know and wondering if God even loves him or has any compassion or mercy. And I think that's a part of the culture of mosaic. Um, and I, and, and I don't know how we went from Chappelle to this. How did we get here? I have a question. Okay. So after the special came out on October 5th, Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle special, there's been a change.org petition to remove it. Mm -hmm. Glad. The National Black Justice Coalition, they've both spoken out against it and asked Netflix to pull it. And a trans, the trans woman showrunner and executive producer of a Netflix show called Dear White People, mm-hmm. her, Jacqueline Moore, she announced on Twitter that she is cutting ties with Netflix and refuses to work for a streaming service that would support something she considers to be transphobic. So crazy. Right. And the one so thing crazy. I do remember Chappelle saying is I've never, it's never been about the LGBT community. I've always been against white people. <laughs> that is what he said, or pretty close. You know exactly what he said. It's never been about the gay community. It's always been about white people. Yeah. They should know that. And so I'm wondering why white people aren't boycotting Chappelle. Maybe they're not listening or watching it, but I think they are. Yeah, of course they are. Because yeah. You don't, you don't, because Chappelle has now transcended, like, he genuinely has transcended, like, this is what we talked about. We talked, this is what, this is how we got to where we are. I said, would you bring Chappelle the Mosaic to speak? And he said, no, because this is the difference of the platforms. And then I said, you did give the best rebuke ever. 
Yes. Then you called this. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we got there. That's and, how we got there. And then frankly, uh, if I could just be more personal for a moment. Sure. Um, I feel very limited as a pastor. To speak. To speak on, on society, everything I want to speak about. Culture, yeah. And, and to have conversations with people I want to have conversations with. Right. Uh, and um, Battle Ready gives us a little bit different platform. We're able to talk about a lot more things than I would on Sunday. Right. And then the genius of conversations have given me a different platform where I'm able to talk to other people. But it's funny, I, uh, I instantly had someone who sent hate because I had one guest who um, isn't a follower of Christ. Where, on your genius app? Yeah. And they were like, how can you have this person? And I went back and researched that person. I couldn't find anything negative about them. But some girl was really upset about having one of the guys, one of the men there. Yeah. And I'm going, gosh, I want to have people who are really out there. See, yeah. I, I like what I would, I would have a conversation with Dave Chappelle in a blink of an eye if he would let me, right? <laughs> you know, and, um, but you can't almost name anyone in culture that I wouldn't love to have a conversation with, regardless of where they fall on the culture, political, social spectrum of stuff. Yeah. My we're, favorite. We're just so offended by everything. We're so offended and we're so fake. Cause this is like, we are we have become a culture of hypocrisy. Yeah. Because we like that woman, I don't even know the situation. I'm just guessing. But that woman, it could be a man, it could be whoever, didn't like that you had someone on your show. But if we had a show about that woman and her life, like you had to go and dig. See, I hate this part about what you said. I had to go and look back and see if he had done anything wrong. Like, oh no, I wouldn't have. I still was. It was my friend. I was just going. What, no, no, no. what are they talking no, about? No, no, I know. But but like our second nature went right. I went and looked. Yeah. Did he done? Like I've done so many things wrong. <laughs> Don't look for it. Come to me. I always say to people like like I one time you had people reach out to. They were my friends. They reached. They were someone that I had dated briefly for a moment. Reached out to you to my mom to try to like destroy me for something that she had heard about some someone else had said something to someone else about. I said, why would you go to my mother? Why would you just go to me and ask me if it's true? Mm -hmm. But, and then I found out because you share everything and I had your email or your Twitter mm -hmm. and I was posting something for your book and I was like, Does this person hate me? And you were like, they called your mother and said all these terrible things about you. And I was like, I'll tell you all of them. <laughs> just ask me and mm -hmm. I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And I, I found it, Really odd because that person I had like, I actually know a lot of things about. We are like vaults. Yeah. We do not talk. Like I have told people this. I'm like, you hang out with my friends. We don't talk trash about anyone except for who's in the room. Yeah. And we destroy the, each other. But, <laughs> but if they're not in the room, you could take one swing and they go like, they ain't here. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's it. They only talk about other people when we're trying to build them up. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, has this person talked to you about this? How can we help them here? We don't talk about like, hey, did you hear about Aaron McManus because he did this, this, and this? Yeah. Because that's, that's, well, one, in the, that's, that's stuff that you, like, well, I'm trying to not be violent. Like, you talk about other people, like, there's some biblical ramifications about that stuff in the Bible. Yeah, I just think Good luck that with that. a lot of Christians are, are old school British. They just, what do you mean old school British? It's always tea time. Always tea time. Yeah. <laughs> I just. I always want a little tea. <laughs> Have you seen Piggy Blinders? That's me, dog. And, uh, you know who you are. I'm a comfort. <laughs> right now, you at least at the very least, let's have great internal comedy. 
where, you know, if you're white, you're making fun of white people. If you're, you know, if you're Latino, you're making fun of Latinos. If you're, you know, black, you're making fun of black culture. And I think that you can. We are growing, but we're growing up inside of a space, inside of a culture without forgiveness. Well, that's so true. And and it's also, we're growing up a culture where um, we have the potential to have a culture without genius because genius actually needs the friction of conflict. Genius needs the 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 uh, the friction of controversy, and it it genius has to have sparks for it to really elevate. And you're not going to move to a higher level of thinking if you don't have an environment where people are allowed to openly disagree with you without the fear of being canceled. I mean, I completely agree, right? I I think, although I do think there's a lot of conflict, but not in the right way. You mm -hmm. almost need. You need, it's not a constructive conflict because I think, you know, you look at like some of those brilliant minds have come out of some of the darkest spaces in the world, yeah. right? Or just darkest moments. But, but there is something about a quieting of a voice. I mean, you were telling me something that was really interesting. You said, you know, that uh, there was a research study done by, I think, China talking about- uh, It was in Dre's message. Dre's message, Dre, Andre Hansen. Andre Hansen has this great talk that he did for his community in Christchurch, New Zealand, okay. called, and Majestic. Okay. And he actually pulls out this Chinese research study. And we should, instead of telling it, we should probably bring him in. So we'll link, it, we'll link it in the bio of this. We'll link the message. That would be great. I don't care. And we okay. should link Andre's message. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't was know gonna, where the story is. I, I was going to use it some point here at Mosaic, you know, with him. Wait, and, but we got to talk. We're not going to talk about it. I'm yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. He actually said that the Chinese government um, realized that they were great at making things, but not great at creating. Right. And so they came and researched in the United States, like Google, Amazon, all these different creative uh, agencies. And what they found is that among all these creatives that, that, were instigating all this American creativity, they had one thing in common. They all read science fiction when they were children. Which sounds ridiculous. But Brooke, I told you I could be smart. You're very <laughs> smart, Aaron. I love, I love science fiction. And I can create. And and I told Aaron, I said, when I heard that, I was like overwhelmed with joy. Yes. Right. Because, you know, I was a state I was a straight D student for to 12th grade, but from the age of eight or nine, I was reading Asanoff and Heinlein and Norton and Bradbury and uh, and so I grew up around science fiction. In fact, there's this kid and um, named David Norton. And and I remember he was the Jewish kid that lived behind us in Miami because right. our area is so diverse. And I just remember you always like, he was the one Orthodox Jewish kid I knew. And he brought propaganda into our backyard one day. And uh, and he brought Asanoff and Heinlein. And he introduced all these books to me when I was wow. in you know, second, third grade, he was older than me. Yeah. And I was just, me and my brother devouring this stuff. It shaped our thinking. It shaped our minds. Everything Mosaic is can be in some way connected back to my early thinking in science fiction. And so I said to you, well, at least it did one thing right parenting you. And, uh, you know, was I, I introduced you to science fiction at a very early age. And, um, and so last night I went, I went to uh, sleep uh, um, going through Dune. <coughs> That's amazing. And because I wanted to like rekindle my own mind, my own imagination. Again, science fiction provokes, it asks questions that should not be asked. It creates universes that do not exist. It, it 
pushes realities. I mean, when I went back and read Glory Road as uh, during the pandemic, because I went every once in a while, I'd go back going, oh my gosh, I was nine reading this, you know, nine reading about, you know, planets where, you know, having sex with another person's wife is acceptable. Planets where, you know, polygamy is normative. And, yeah. and I'm realizing I'm reading these books and putting and getting this stuff in my head at the age of nine or 10. But what was odd to me is that it didn't make me a polygamist. Right. I, you know, I had, I've been married to one wife 40 years virtually. And, but what it did do is it, it made my imagination so pliable that I believed everything was possible. And it always caused me to think outside of the box. And, um, and so, you know, and so he actually talks about his, in his message, Andre, about how the Chinese realized that the uh, banning of books, which the Bible is one of them. And, and, and I instantly I thought, oh, this is why I think when you read the Bible, you don't realize it, it, you, you can become a legalist if you get it taught wrong, yeah. but you can actually have this expansive faith and imagination if the Bible is taught well, you start believing in the impossible. You start believing in the miraculous. You start believing that that um, that the material world isn't all there is, and that there are infinite possibilities with God. And and so I got all excited just listening to Andre's message and going, science fiction expanded the borders of my imagination. But boy, the Bible expanded the borders of my reality. And and after me, it was really exciting. Um, and, and, and I think that that for me gives me the confidence to be able to um, create a world where the Dave Chappelle's have a voice. And I think the voice is more needed today than, than ever before. And I hope he's I hope he's kept safe and I hope that um, he continues to speak very truthfully. He talked about how this is probably one of his last specials for a while. I really hope that's not the case. I, I do think and I want to end on this because we're getting towards the end, but that it is so important for us to understand this about each other, mm -hmm. about the person next to you or the person who isn't next to you, but you can see and feels far away from you, someone that you almost feel like you can't connect to, that we are all a part of the human experience. Yeah. And, and I was having a conversation with someone a while back that said, I'm so sick of this excuse that like, we're just human. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we are exactly who we were created as. Yeah. Like I can become better but I am still at the end of the day human. And I think humanity is something to never be ashamed of, mm -hmm. but something that we can always grow upon mm -hmm. and refine and, 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 and develop, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and when, yeah, when people say I'm just human, they go, no, no, you're not just human, you're human. Yeah. And you're created in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. And being human is actually a gift. Yeah, I just had this thought. I, I, it is a gift and I wonder if, I was thinking through this while you were giving, talking about sci-fi, that like, what is it about us that, why is it that we want to know so badly about other people's lives, mm -hmm. right? But why is it our culture right now that we poke holes so that people can look inside of other people's bad moments mm -hmm. to, to the point where we have to like fall off the map to heal or to change or to grow? Yeah. You can come back if you've changed, but you can't come back in a mess. And I'm like, the, I think we would have less messes if we were able to, handle the messes with care mm -hmm. right i think you look at a moment like this situation with Chappelle and daphne or anyone that's fallen from grace or you know had a really hard time getting me to the last couple of years like are we able to watch to rehabilitate people or do we just destroy people and leave them to be wasted 
Because mm-hmm. that that is a part of humanity I do not like. And yeah. I do actually believe that is a part of Jesus, uh, the story of Jesus and the Bible that is very different to, the, to humanity. That yeah. he actually, we're missing a part of our humanity by refusing this um, reality that Jesus gives us, that we actually are, he's here to redeem, that we actually are here to redeem and help people, mm-hmm. that we destroy people, even our own. Yeah. So how do we how do we change it? I don't know. But I think the good thing to remember is that we're all having a human experience. I agree in that we're all having imperfect human experiences, flawed human experiences. And here's a question we should at least ponder. Okay. If John F. Kennedy was elected president today, he probably would not last three months. He wouldn't have gotten elected. He may not have even been elected. If Robert Kennedy was alive today, um, I don't know if he would have a political career. Uh, If Martin Luther King Jr. was alive today, he would be Me Too'd and canceled. We need to be careful that we don't choose the imperfections of a human being to destroy them while losing the beauty and genius that they can bring to the world. We need to realize that everyone who makes a contribution makes it out of their own flawed humanity. We, If we're going to um, invalidate everything that's ever been done by everyone who messed up, we're going to have to pull Picasso's off the walls. We're talking about you have to pull half the Bible out. And uh, to pull half the Bible out, there's going to be 10 disciples. Because, left. yeah, the, the well, the Bible is a six book of them were of, so unimportant, they didn't write about them. A flawed and broken people. And, and I, and I think that this is, I do think this is a part of what Dave Chappelle is actually trying to get at. And, um, he's, he is dealing with the realities of social injustice, of, of racial inequality, but he's also like dealing with the insanity of trying to destroy each other and thinking that will make a better world. If we want to create a better world, we better stop trying to destroy each other. If we're going to create a better world, we better start fighting for each other and finding a way to create a path um, toward becoming a better version of ourselves. And um, I always want to remember, Aaron McManus, that you're having a human experience. Uh, I always want to remember that even the people that I'm mad at and the people I'm disappointing in, or maybe people I really, like, I feel disdain for where what they're doing in the world. I want to remember they're having a human experience that I need to at least try to understand what they're going through, what made them who they are, and and create space for people who genuinely want to change, um, to have the room to become better human beings. I want that room. I, I want the room to grow, to change, to be better. And thank you for listening. That's the end of this podcast. Uh, we will see you next week. And thanks, Dad, for doing this with me. Yeah, I love you, bud. I uh, love you too. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you should rate and review this on iTunes and you can check it out on Spotify. You can follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube and you can watch this on YouTube as well. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, check out our Instagram, though I haven't been posting because honestly, I want less Instagram and more conversation. Um, talk to you guys soon and we'll see you at the book club. At, if you're listening to this, you've already done the first book club and I'm so sorry if it was bad and I'm so you're welcome if it was good. But either way, see you soon.